Amen. Amen, Rock Church. Amen. Say Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Hello, hello, hello. I want to say hello to everybody um, in all our campuses and everybody here in Point Loma. Let's give a shout out to all our campuses, San Isidro, City Heights, East County, North County, soon to be San Marcos, and a new microsite in Chula Vista, and also Coronado, and all the kids in Juvenile Hall. Let's give all the people back. God bless y'all. God bless you. What's up, Chula Vista? It's the first microsite meeting today right now. God bless y'all. Uh, hopefully, we are, we are continuing our series on pain. And my prayer and hope that these messages have helped you and are helping you get through your tough times. Say amen if they have. Okay, some of y'all got good, good. Uh, and just a minute ago, right after worship, uh, a young lady here yelled out, who's a man? And it, it wasn't a big response. I think uh, maybe a lot of people didn't hear. So if you're new and you hear someone say, who's the man? Or, as I heard, who's the man? <laughs> I don't know where she was, but God bless you. Uh, we're supposed to say what? Jesus. Very good. Let's get on our knees. Let's get on our knees. I heard you, girl. I heard you. Wherever you are. Where are you? Who was that? Okay. She's somewhere over there. Uh, we, want to, we do want to say hello to everybody in our new microsite in Chula Vista. God bless y'all. And all the kids in Juvenile Hall. Every Sunday we're in Juvenile Hall and there's a group of kids watching. And we love y'all. God loves you. He knows what you're going through and he's right there for you. So uh, even though some people might have let you down, God's not going to let you down. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. And we pray you bless uh, today's message. I pray you encourage us. I pray you encourage people today to trust you with their pain. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I hope God blesses you today. Amen. Uh, I'm going to count to three, and then we're going to lift our Bibles up and say word. That's what we do. And so if you have a Bible on your phone or, or old school book, on the count of three, say word. So if you're a visitor, what happens is if you're confused, so am I. I'm confused with you. So we count one, two, three, uno, dos, tres, and then we lift our Bibles up and say word. Okay, so watch this. One, two, three. Very good. Turn to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. About a year ago, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is a pastor. And he was telling me a conversation he had with a mutual friend, pastor. And he was telling me about all the stuff he was going through. And he was saying, I'm, I'm going through all this, these struggles in my life and the church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the other pastor said to him when he asked, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through all this stuff? And the other pastor said to him, because God can trust you with trouble. When we go through things. A lot of times we're inclined to wonder why, and sometimes you will never know why, but one thing you can know is that God 
has considered you trustworthy with that trouble. And we started the series a few weeks ago, and we said that pain or trials are when things happen to us that we don't like. For example, ladies, if your man leaves you, but you were going to break up with him anyway, he just saves you a conversation. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Ladies on the house say, hey, you're ready to get, there's a whole lot of y'all over here that just, uh, that don't want to get rid of your man. <laughs> but what happens is, you, you know, if something happens to you that you don't mind, it's not a bad thing. If, if your car gets stolen, you don't mind and, and, you know, you're going to get more money for the insurance than you would have had if you kept it, then, then it's okay. So when, but when things happen to you that you don't like, that's a trial. That's, that's discomfort. Can I get an amen? And so um, we, we talked about your pain response or your response to pain needs to be compatible with the spiritual family that you belong to. In other words, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, or, or as Jesus says, born again into the family of God, when you were born in, in this world, when you were born by your mother and father, you were born into your family, the Smiths, the Joneses, or whatever your family is. When you were born again, you were born into the family of God. So if you were born into the family of God, and God the Father is your dad, there is a certain way you should respond based on being in that family. If you weren't born into the family of God, then you respond to pain in a different way, more selfish. So if you're born into the family of God, one of your responses would be, Lord, what do you want me to learn? What is my ministry experience? I trust you. I honor you. I don't understand, but I still trust you because you always get me through and you know things I don't know. If, you, if you're not about God's program, then it's going to be about why me and this is not fair and it should be them and God, I, I hate you. I'm not going to church. I'm, I'm not doing all this stuff. And so it depends on which family you're in. So we talked about that. But you have to know whenever you go through something, God is trusting that you can handle it and that you will glorify him. So if you're going through something right now, God is saying, I know this may seem unbearable, but I know that you can get through. And so in the story we're going to look at, it's about a man named Job who is a righteous man. And he's going to go through something really hard. And the devil is going to tell God, God... Job only worships you because you blessed him. He's using you. And God's going to say, no, no, he's a righteous man. He will worship me no matter what. And they have this discussion. And then God says, okay, you can touch anything. You just can't touch his body. And, and the devil brings hell on his life. And then we'll see what Job did. When you read the story, you have to put yourself in Job's place. Because when stuff comes on your life, the devil's, he is egging you on to curse God. Don't go to church, don't read your Bible, don't give, don't serve, don't get in life class, don't go to life group. And just use God and worship God when things are going good. But if you're using God when things are going good, what kind of relationship is that? Think about the relationships you have with your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, kids, whatever. If someone is just your friend when you're good to them, that's not the kind of friend you want. So you don't want to be that kind of person to God. And so in this story, I want you to be thinking about your burden and how you're responding to your pain and knowing that God says, no matter what I've allowed to happen into your life, because God is not making robots. We live, in a, we live in a sinful world. People do stuff. Okay? People do stuff that are bad. But God says, no matter what happens to you, I am going to get you through. Now, listen, I want you to write these three points down in your notes before we start, before we read the story. Because I want you to be thinking about these as we're reading the Bible. Number one, what are the practical expressions of your trust in God? Just be thinking about that. Number one, what are the practical expressions of your trust in God? In other words, what does your faith look like? 
And the reason this is important is because whatever your faith looks like today, which, by the way, should always change as you walk with God. The more you walk with God, what your faith looks like and what your faith does will change. In other words, you'll be more consistent in prayer, more consistent in serving, more consistent in giving, more consistent uh, uh, in, in attending and participating. Okay? It should evolve and change and grow and improve throughout your whole life. So what does that look like? Why is this important? Because if you're coming to church every other week, if you're giving a tiny bit or whatever you give, if you say praise the Lord once every seven days, <laughs> you need to measure that. And then when something bad happens, what changes? Because if something bad happens, does that change? Does it get worse or better? Okay, so number two, what burden would break the back of your trust in God? In other words, is there a trial or a difficult time, a burden that would cause you to turn your back on God? What would cause you to turn your back on God? You lose your job. Your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife and husband cheat on you. Someone dies in your family. I can't tell you. That's the most frequent thing I get. I don't believe in God. Why? Because my father died. My father died too. I can't believe in God. My son died. Um, God, the father's son died. He understands. I get it hurts. What would cause you to turn your back on God? The devil knows what that is, by the way. And number three, what pain response is God trusting you for? In other words, if something happens to you, what is God saying? I believe that they are going to honor me. I believe that they're not going to stop going to church. I believe they're probably going to want a little bit, but then they're going to come to their senses and then ask for forgiveness. And, and get, I, God has a pain response that he's expected from you. For. Now, why is this important? Because the devil is going to use pain more than anything else to get you to turn your back on God. And you need to be prepared in advance of how you're going to respond. Can I get Amen. Okay, let's look at Job chapter 1. And in this story, it's going to be about a man named Job. He is a righteous man. Now, everyone sit up straight because I want to do a little uh, um, participate, participatory exercise with you. And then put your booty back in your seat, sit up straight. Okay, now, when you're working out, there's a lot of different exercises you do when you work out. And one of the, the weightlifting moves is called a shrug or shoulder shrug, which means you take your shoulders and you lift them to your ears just like this. Okay, just do that. Okay, now why would you do that? If you, you ever see people with a round shoulder, if I had a t-shirt on, you could actually see exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And you might be able to see right here. See, see this right here, this right here is your trap. I mean, your, your, your um, uh, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> it'll, it'll bow up like that. You'll see, a little, you'll see a round shoulder, then you see another little colina, a little hill right there. That's called, and then what you do is you shrug it like that. That's how you get that big. That's how you get that big. So you're like, bam, bam. Okay? So you take the weights and you shrug your shoulder. You make it short. That, that's what makes it work out. Anytime you want to build a muscle, you make it short. You make it short. Curls makes your biceps short. Tricep extension makes your triceps short. And you pull them in. That's how you exercise them. So if you want to make this short, you pull up. So everyone do that. Okay? Really good. I know you're wondering, why are we doing this? You're going to hear in a minute. I'm going to say Job was a good man. This has nothing to do with being a good man. It just gets us involved. Are you following me? It really has no relevance. It's just, okay, so I'm going to say Job was a good man. You're going to, Job was a good man like that, okay? On three. One, two, three. Job was a good man. 
Okay, or coordinated. Good, up, it goes up at the same time. It's not hard. It's not hard. Okay. Let me demonstrate. Job was a good man. Job was a good man. Oh, got that? Okay. One, two, three. Okay, I'll say it. I'll, 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 let me say it. Let me say it. Let me say it. <laughs> One, two, three. Job was a good man. Okay, now look at everybody in the room so you can see how silly you look. Look in there. One, two, three. Job was a good man. Very good. Okay. Let's read. Job was a good man. Verse, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was what? And he was a what? Come on, shoulders. He was a what? Very good. And he was blameless, upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Shunned evil means he pushed it away. Y'all seen the Heisman pose? That's shunning evil. Uh, evil. Okay. He had seven sons and three daughters, so him and his wife got along. Also, his... Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. And this, this was the oldest book in the Bible as far as the date of its authorship. And, and one of the evidences of how they measured wealth by animals. Verse 4, his sons and, and, by the way, it also says he had 500 female donkeys and a very large household. So this man was greatest of all the people of the east. Verse 4, his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So their, their kids would say on Monday, you come to my house, Tuesday we go to your house, and they, would, and they would go around, all his seven sons. So he had seven sons and three daughters, ten kids, and they would have parties at each house, each an appointed day, and they, would, and they would have a party together. So their family got along. In verse 5 it says, so it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify his kids. And he would rise early in the morning and offer a burnt offering according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be possible that maybe possibly that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did on a regular basis. So we see that Job was a good man. Say Job was a good man. Very good. So with Job, he had 10 kids. He had, they, they had parties in their house. And he had all this land, all these servants we're going to see, all these camels, oxes, uh, ox and, and, and sheep. And he says, when my kids had a party, maybe they sinned. So I would go take an animal and I would sacrifice to God and say, God, if one of my sons or daughters sinned, please forgive them. Now, I don't know how, if any of y'all ever did that before. You know, take an animal out in the backyard, kill it, say, God, I'm, I hope you just forgive my son. Maybe, I wonder if you ever even pray for your kids. He prayed for his kids every day. When they had a feast, he would offer a sacrifice to God. He was a righteous man. Okay? That's his faith. What does your faith look like? What does it look like for you to be faithful? What are, can people see it? Because you have to measure that according to when things are going good and when things are going bad. What's the change? And if it's no different, then great as long as you walk with God looks like something positive. Okay? Then look what it says next. It says, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord that Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, where do you come from? Satan said, from going to an afro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Uh, he said, devil, where do you come from? He says, oh, I've been just walking around. I was in San Diego yesterday. Came, went into the rock church, but the angels beat me down. <laughs> so I followed some of your people home and went into their house. 
Felt very comfortable there. They weren't praying. They hadn't prayed in a long time. So I just messed with them for a few months. Then I went over here to that building and to the club and to the gym. Went to some other churches. And I was just walking around looking at people, messing with people. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion looking to whom he may devour. Oh, yeah. Demons, same as, as well. And then God says, well, um, I know you're looking for some people to mess with. Have you considered my man Job? Because you can't trip him up. And here's what Satan said. Verse 9. Satan answered and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and all that he has, and you have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land? But if you stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, he will curse you to your face. Uh, God, the only reason Job worships you is because he's wealthy. The only reason he worships you is because he's got kids. The only reason he worships you is because he's got animals and, and land and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what do you worship God for? Think about it. Do you worship God to get stuff? What's the reason you... Could, What's the reason you come here? Think about that. Why do you come to church? Do you come to church because you don't want to feel guilty that God's going to get you if you don't? Do you come to church because you're trying to find somebody to date? Which, by the way, is a, this is a great place to come. <laughs> I was talking to somebody recently. They said, you got some hot babes in the church. I was like, I can't comment, but, you know, I believe you. This is a great place to come. I'm not saying don't come here, you know, because I know y'all be like, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm not hating on you for that. <laughs> as long as y'all do it God's way. But my point is, what do you come here for? Do you come here so you could say, God, look, I went to church, so give me stuff. God, I came to church, so make sure I don't have any pain in my life. Don't come here for that reason. Because you, 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 you misunderstand your relationship with God. God wants you to come because you love him and you want to draw close to him. In good times and bad times, when, you, when people get married and, they, and, and, it's, and it's a wedding, the, the, the bride comes down the aisle in a white dress because she's supposed to be pure. The brother got a black tuxedo on because he ain't trying to fool anybody. And they exchange vows and they say, for better, for worse, and sickness and health and richer for poor. In other words, I'm with you no matter what. You need to have that with God. I'm with you no matter what. So come to church because I just want God. I want God. I want God. I want God. My life circumstances are going to do this, guaranteed. They're going to do this, guaranteed. And so Satan says, the only reason Job worships you is because he gets something from it. You blessed him. But if you take that stuff from him, he will curse you to your face. What would the devil have to do in your life for you to curse God? And if you can name something, that means you're using God. God doesn't want that kind of relationship. So look what God says. God said, behold, verse 12. Let me read verse 11 again. Stretch out your hand and touch he, all he has and he will curse you. Everyone say curse. Oh, he will curse you. What would it take for you to curse God? God, you did this. How could you do this? I'm never going back. I'm never going to trust you. I'm never going to read my... And God's like, that's all it took 
I died on the cross and that's all it took. Our relationship was that shallow. Look what it says. Verse 12, the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord God. Uh, God said, Satan, um, go ahead and do your thing. Just don't touch Job. So Satan's going to go out and do something. Now, before I read what Satan did, let me tell you something. Satan is very strategic. He's very smart. Not smarter than God, but he's very smart. He understands your button. For all of you who are into sexual stuff, that's where he's going to tempt you. For all y'all into money stuff, that's where he's going to tempt you. For all y'all who are into comfort and things, that's where he's going to tempt you. It's not rocket science. You know, it's like you know, when you train animals and they train them with, with, with food. They reward them. They don't reward them with food they don't eat. They reward them with food they want. And then they even develop an appetite for things and say, I'll give this to you if you do what I want, do what I say. It's very simple. The devil does the same thing to us. And so he says, go ahead. And, and, and you have to know you. What is, what is it, your appetite? Because the devil is going to tempt you right there. He's not going to waste his time tempting you with stuff you don't want. So the devil is going to go out and his timing is so perfect to maximize the impact of the pain. How many of you have ever had something happen in your life and the first words that come into your mouth is saying, this is the worst time this could happen. Amen? Amen? The devil said, no, this is the best time this could happen. And by the way, anybody know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand real high. Very good. Okay, thank you very much. So I want to read this to you and then I want to look at Job's response. Because if Job is as faithful as God says, the devil can give his best punch and God and, and Job will not curse God. He would worship God. My brother was a boxer. My brother, um, he was eighth ranked in the world at one time in middleweight. And he was in incredible shape. And one of the things that he was really good at was taking a punch, especially in the stomach. His stomach was like literally like wood. And he was fighting a guy who supposedly was known to have a strong punch. And the guy was hitting him in the stomach. And my brother, to prove to him that he could not hurt my brother, my brother just did this and said, go ahead and hit me. And the guy just punched him in the stomach over and over. He just stood there and looked at him. This is in a, in a, in a, actually, this was a, a world champion fight. And then my brother said, you know, he can't hurt me at all. And he put his hands down and said, go ahead and hit me in the face. Now, my brother wasn't that smart. <laughs> now, actually, he's a very smart guy. But he, he, was, he, he, he put his hands out and the guy hit him in the face and nothing happened. And the guy's confidence was gone. He was like, I, how can I hurt you? God said... Uh, Satan, you hit Job in the face. He ain't going to curse me. Can God trust you? So look what it says. Verse 13. There was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. And indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking. Another came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, 
Another came and said the Chaldeans formed three bands and raided the camels and took them away and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are all dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And what did Job do? Here's Job sitting in his house, minding his business, praising God. He's a godly man. He, he's blameless, shuns evil. He's a good man. And he's sitting in his house and he's got his camels over here, his ox over here, his, his sheep over here, and his kids over here. And they have servants in each part of his property taking care of all his stuff. And God said he's a righteous man. And he's sitting there and the Sabaeans come and they kill everybody and they take the sheep and they kill all the servants and one except one guy so that one guy can bring the bad news to Job. And as he's running, the fire of God falls from heaven. Well, actually it's not God's fire. They thought it was fire. The fire from the devil came down and burned up everything and killed all the servants except one to tell Job the bad news. And then the Chaldeans came, killed, took all the camels and all the, killed all the servants except one servant to run and tell Job the bad news. And then the, the wind came blew down the house of all his kids and all his kids died, all the servants died except one servant to run and tell Job the bad news. While Job is in his house, minding his own business, living the godly life that he's been living, four people are running to tell him bad news. Everything else is destroyed. And this guy comes running out, Job, 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 the Sabians came, Sabians came, and they took all the ox, and, 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 they, and, they, and while the words are coming out of his mouth, Job, 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 the fire came out of heaven and killed all the camels, and everyone's dead. And, 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 and while the words are coming out of his mouth, Job, 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 the Chaldeans came and they took all the camels. While the words are coming out of his mouth, Job, 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 all your kids are dead. And Job was like, what, 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 what? And here's the devil. Curse God. Where's your God? He did this. He did it. You've been faithful. How You don't deserve this. Curse God, curse God, curse God. And God is over here saying, he's not going to curse me. He knows I love him. He knows this is not the end of the story. Whenever you watch a movie, about halfway through the movie, and there's, it's, it's designed by the director and the writer to get you to hate the bad guy and to think that the bad guy is going to beat the good guy. It's by design. But you always know in the end, the good guy always wins. In our story, the devil goes to hell. That's a fact. In the middle, there are ups and downs. And in your lifetime, there are going to be ups and downs in your life. But in the end, if you trust in God, you win. And so here Job is at this moment in time. He's getting all this bad news. And the devil's saying, curse God. And God said, he's not going to curse me. He's going to honor me. And I'm going to bless him ten times more than he's ever been blessed. And he is going to prove, Satan, that man can destroy you and defeat you. Because the battle that we're in is not a battle between God and the devil. It's a battle between man and the devil. God can crush the devil like that, which he will in due time. By the way, that day is coming. But every day that he messes with you, he's saying, not only do I, can I trust you with what you're going through, I can trust you to trust me to get you through. Because the world is evil and people are evil and they do stuff. And God says, you come to me always and I will get you through and I will strengthen you. And I will make you better after than before. 
And here's Job getting all this bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And the devil's screaming in his ear. And the devil's screaming in your ear. Don't go to church. Don't go to life class. Don't, don't, go, to, don't go to life group. Don't give. Don't be generous. Don't serve. Don't do all this stuff. And you're like, uh, why is this happening to me? And God's saying, are you only trusting me when things go good? Remember, I want you to be holy. My goal is to make you holy. My goal is to make you trust me. My goal is to purify you from all the desires of the world. And look what Job did in verse 20. Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, which is a form of mourning. He fell to the ground, and he cursed God. I'm going to read it slow again. I want you to respond. Don't sit there quietly. Say something. (laughs) He fell to the ground and cursed God. No. No. He fell to the ground and cursed God. No. You fell to the ground and cursed God. No. Pain hurts. That's why they call it pain. We've all been there. I was going through something for like a year, year and a half. I was in my house. God, where are you? And literally, I was standing there. I felt like he said, I'm over here. And I was like, can you come over here? I prayed that God would take my life a hundred times. And how's that, what does that sound like? God, take my life. I, I just can't take it anymore. Moses prayed that God would take his life. Elijah prayed that God would take his life. Is that a bad thing? No, just don't do it yourself. But God, I'm done. Can I, can I come home? And then I came to my sense. He says, really? Really? Job worshipped. And look what Job said. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. When we, when we, amen, amen. You may be saying, well, why would this happen to me? We live in a sinful world. And because we live in a sinful world, people do sinful things. The great thing about God is God holds out hope to us to get us through those sinful things. To get and carry us through those painful things. You can trust God who will get you through. Or you can trust the devil who will destroy you with no hope of a remedy. And for all of you who've been through something, key word, through something, and you are more pure now than before as long as you trusted God through it. Because you can go through something and be worse because you never turned to God. You just drank more. You watch more pornography. You turn to your addiction and you end up worse in the end. But God says, I want you to come to me and cast your cares on me because I care for you. And whatever you went through, without the mercy of God, it could have been so much worse where you were completely destroyed. And so God is telling you and challenging you, and I want to encourage you, trust God. He has trusted you. I know you can trust me through this. And I know that you can cast your care on me and hold on to me through what you're going through now. And I know if you do, you will be better off in the end than in the beginning. But you have to make a decision to trust me and surrender it to me. And know that you don't know the end of the story. 
Don't make a decision for the rest of your life based on something you don't know. But if you look back on all the other times you trusted God, how he always got you through. So in a minute we're going to pray and I'm going to, my challenge to you today in all the campuses is that you would say, God, I trust you. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's overbearing, but I trust you. And I know the devil's smart. I know he's evil. I know he's banking that I'm going to curse you to your face, but I'm not going to curse you. I'm going to trust you and cast my cares on you and I'm going to surrender my burdens at your feet. I'm going to surrender my life at your feet. Because where else am I going to go? There is no God who can save like you. There's no God who got in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and saved them. There's no God that got in the, in the, in the lion's den and saved Daniel. There's no God who does that. So right now I'm going to ask all y'all in all the campuses to bow your heads and close your eyes. All the campuses, microsites, juvenile hall, wherever you are. You know the burden in your life, the pain that you have, the fears that you have the worry that you have. And you know that voice in your head, in your heart, telling you, curse God, deny God. Why believe in that? You're crazy. Why waste your time? But there's also a little voice saying, you know I love you. And I proved it by sending my son to die on the cross for you. I need you to hold on. Hold my hand and let me guide you through the valley of the shadow of death. If you would like to declare your trust in God through your dark time right now, if you would like to declare your trust in God, surrendering your life to him as your savior, holding on to his hand, as encouragement and help through what you're going through. I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's one prayer. It's a prayer of declaration. God, I trust you. I don't understand. It hurts. But I trust you. And I also know I don't know the end of the story. In the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God. Sometimes I feel like Job. I don't understand. It hurts. I feel all alone. But I am choosing today to worship and honor you as my only hope. I am choosing today to not curse you but to trust you. Satan, I acknowledge your existence, but I declare to you today, I trust you not. In Jesus' name, be gone out of my life. I surrender my burdens to Jesus, the author and finisher, completer of my faith. I cast my cares on you because I know you care for me. So Jesus, I surrender my life, my pain, my fear, my doubt, by faith. And I declare my trust in you. You could trust me, God. I will not turn my back on you because I know 
You will never turn your back on me. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, you prayed it because you want to surrender your life to Christ for the first time, you prayed it because you're just carrying a burden that seems unbearable. And you don't want to turn your back on God. Or you want to turn back and go to God because you've turned back and you walked away from him, but you know that's not what you want to do. I'm going to ask you to stand, and by standing, you are declaring your trust in God. In all the campuses, juvenile hall, and all the microsites, wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to stand in about 30 seconds, and by standing, you are declaring, yes, I am not going to curse God. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to honor him, and I'm going to hold on to him with everything I have. So if you prayed that prayer and you want to declare your trust in God, I want to ask you to stand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you. Very good. Very good. God bless y'all. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing. Tears, tears, tears. God bless you. Amen. Now, stay standing. We're going to ask all the people who are standing in a minute, we're going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. The rest of us, we want to celebrate them. So if you're standing up, come out of your altar. Come on down. And let's give them a hand. They come on down. Amen. Amen. Come on down. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there. God bless you. 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 You're welcome. God bless you, brother. God bless you. 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 Hey, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Everyone, come on forward so we get these people. God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen. Let's give him a big hand. Let's give him a big hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's keep clapping. Let's keep clapping. Come on. You're welcome. You're welcome. Come forward. God bless you. God bless you. Everyone come forward. Everyone come forward. Here we go. God bless you. 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 You're bringing me a sort of a, a thought. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. 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 If you can learn to look pain in the eye and say, okay, this is going to hurt. I'm not going to like this, but God's going to get me through. If you can learn that and know that it will pass, it will pass. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just like, just like, all the, just like this whole life that we live is going to pass. You're going to die one day and be with, with the Lord and all the, no more tears, the Bible says. In heaven. So just as we know that bigger story has a happy ending, each one of your individual battles has that. And even you, God can get you to the point, and this is really true, where you can actually be in the midst of it 
and it could already pass away here. In other words, you're, I, I play with um, uh, a guy I play with named Charlie Joyner, who, for all you Charger fans know Charlie Joyner. And I played golf with him yesterday, and, and I played with him, so I met him 34 years ago. And um, his house burned down in the fires, um, I believe 2007, I can't remember what year it was. Uh, not 2000, whatever fires happened in Rancho Bernardo, his house burned to the ground. He lost everything. All his football memorabilia, everything. He's a Hall of Fame. I mean, just, I said, how was that? And he said, it was hard. It was hard. And, but you know what? He got through it. God got him through. God gets you through. And even in the midst of the ashes, you could say, God, I trust you. And have peace. You really can. Without God, you, what do you have? So you're going to go hit the bottle. The devil's going to give you artificial peace. Lord, I just pray for all these people. I pray you trust them. I pray they trust you. I pray that you would bless them and encourage them and get them through whatever they're going through. And Lord, all of us, I pray that we would know you're with us and we would hang on. The devil is trying to get us to curse you. We will not curse you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're a visitor, what we do now, we don't leave yet. We cheer them into that room, and then after that, Pastor Greg will come out. Turn this way and walk this way. Let's give them a hand. They come out. Hey! Walk them out. <laughs> amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Amen.